Hello and welcome to The League Presents Bleak Spirit, a game of a mysterious wanderer in a melancholy place. My name is Chris Longhurst, I wrote Bleak Spirit, and Pig Smoke, and some other odds and ends. With me this evening are... Hi, I'm Becky Anderson, I wrote Bite Me, and When the Dark is Gone, and I co-wrote Lovecraft-esque. With me, Josh Fox, who <laughs> <laughs> um, I am also, as well as co-authoring Lovecraft-esque, I also wrote Flotsam Adrift Amongst the Stars. Yay. So, the dark presence um, is up, it's higher up, and in your mind's eye, there's a spiral staircase, and you suddenly know where, where the staircase can be found. Okay. I go there. So that's you going to confront the adversary, I'm guessing. Yeah, it looks like it. Unless I'm sort of... So, what are the rules now? Yeah, what happens now, Chris? Uh, oh, what happens next? Well, now I remember that we are supposed to be using the teaching guide. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Hooray>. <laughs> There's a whole bit in there about starting part two. Never mind, we'll skip past Whatever, that. Whatever, teaching guide. You don't tell us what to do. <laughs> Teaching guys specifically for guide. telling you what to do. Um, Ask Chris anyway. knew nothing. <laughs> oh, you and your we should, rules as we should written, listen to present man. Chris, not past Chris. <laughs> um, okay, and this guide to the facilitator. Hey. We are in the final moments of the game. The wanderer is about to confront the adversary, and at most, one of them will walk away. But before we do that, someone needs to be the one to decide what the adversary is and volunteer to take on the role of the world for this last clash. We've all been writing our ideas down as we go, so this shouldn't be too difficult. The idea is to create an adversary which fits naturally with the lore which everyone has contributed to this point and feels like a good fit for the area they dominate. We should probably have led to conclusions before this bit, because that last scene would is going to make I need to rewrite all of my assumptions now. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling like Josh might end up being the world in that last scene. <laughs> After that last scene. Yeah, he's got a clear plan, I think. But I'm just going to see if I can I didn't deliberately what, what? bugger it up for you, but Yeah, I know. I can shoehorn mine. I can shoehorn mine together. What was the law specifically in that last scene? So I yeah, so I can well, with paste it all together. Without, uh, I mean, there was a lot of lore in that scene, wasn't there? Mm. What would you sum it up in one thing? Uh, there's a network of souls, and something nasty is living inside it. All right. Okay, I've cobbled together something. But I'm not super confident in it. Likewise, I've got something, but it is a bit more cobbled together thanks to Josh's. Josh's curveball at the end there. Curveball It wasn't a curveball, it was a direct build on everything that had gone before. <laughs> well, that's the idea. Um... I'm puzzled as, so, to, as to how it could become a, such a surprise to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this game, really, isn't it? I said this game of Lovecraft-esque and the engine that you built, which I have stolen. 
I'm. Oh, we're all just standing on the shoulders of giants. We stole Graham Wormsley's ideas to get to that point. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Okay. Um, would I be right in Josh? Would you volunteer to uh, lead the final scenes? I'm certainly so, happy to do so. Yes. Okay. I have volunteered you then. <laughs> um. Okay. Then I hand this guide to the world, and you keep reading. Do you have the guide handy? I do not. That is the one thing that I did not successfully open. The one tab <laughs> that you haven't kept open in the last two months has been that Unless one. Unless it is open in another window, which is possible. No, it's not. Okay. Shall I read it, or do you want to pull it up and read uh, it yourself? you read it. That's fine. Okay. The next two scenes of the revelation, where I, where you tell us what the adversary is, and the clash, where the wanderer and the adversary stage their final encounter. During the revelation, you will be doing most of the description, but the chorus can weigh in as normal, which is Becky me, still. I'm guessing. Yeah. Still me, yeah. Um, and the clash operates just like the danger scenes we've seen so far, except the wanderer will have to pay two prices during the course of the scene. <gasps> Ooh la la. Fucking and hell. after the clash, it comes back to me. So, enter the revelation. Where did I put the thing where I wrote down what that is? <laughs> where are we? Revelation. Revelation. That's the word and. Why is that highlighted? Okay. Um. Yeah, basically, Opal's gone to confront the adversary. So the world, in this case Josh, gets to describe the sort of lair it has, the sort of thing it is. Um. Yeah, you you get to you get to wax lyrical about it for a bit, uh, and then we segue into the clash where the wanderer and the adversary fight. Hmm. Okay. Well, you'd think this would be really easy for me, wouldn't it? Um. Yes. <laughs> it, yes, I would. Because it's just building on what went before. Yeah, it right, follows logically from everything we've said. Yeah, just just practically writes it does, itself. It does. So you said. <laughs> so, so you're going up this spiral staircase, and um, in the middle, what do you call the middle of a spiral staircase? The the middle bit, you know, the bit is going round. The is there a word axis. For that? The axis. Sure. Okay. Um, so you mean there's? Is it like a void? No. Central void. Well. So, so it's. I guess it sort of is a void, but you don't realise that straight away, um, because it seems like it's a column. But there are windows into this column periodically, and inside, it's bright white. Light is just flooding out into this otherwise quite dark um, spiral staircase that is completely free of the webs that you've been encountering so far. So the only light is coming from um, these windows. And inside you can see through the window that it's just that the web is packed together like to form an immense um, kind of rope, I don't know, uh, uh, channel river of river of webs however you want to conceptualize it uh, they're all flowing up 
um, the central axis of this staircase. Mm. Um, so you you climb for some for some time uh, before arriving at another spherical chamber. Uh, but in this spherical chamber, there is an enormous bright white crystal into which the webs are all flowing. Like a nervous system going into a brain. Uh, it's not my place to supply similes for this occasion. Uh, so oh, we're not last to similes. I will go with your simile, though. Oh. But yeah, are similes okay, or is that too much? Are yeah. similes allowed, or is that too much like putting thoughts into... No, that sounded fine. Okay. Um, like, as an act of description, yeah. Um, and crawling all over this, this damn crystal, this big goddamn crystal, are uh, dozens of the spiders. Um, they are traveling over its surface and you see that in places there are cracks in the crystal and where there's a crack there'll be a spider working away at it like doing something to it and in other places there might be an actual hole and there'll be a spider sat on top of the hole doing something to it um, and other spiders are just moving around seemingly aimlessly, not doing anything at all. And then at the top of the crystal, there is this darkness, this mass where the the white light of the... Um, uh, the the thread that the, the, the of the of the crystal uh, is flush with other colours, a kind of bluish purplish mass, like an angry bruise, and because the light there is is darker, the whole area around it is dark too. Mm. Opal sort of looks up at this dark patch as she enters, and then <clears throat> she calls up to it, and she, she's she's a little uncertain at first. She says, "I am Opal." She's not quite there. She stops, starts again. "I am Opal. I am blessed by the moon. I hunt that which hunts in the dark, and I have come here to end you." She points her knife at the big sort of black purple. Morass on the crystal. I think that maybe her words have a resonance which even surprises her. Because she's got this diplomatic memories now, yeah. which maybe she's channeling a bit of when she's doing this, and so that the kind of the, the echo and the power in her voice. She's got so, acoustics. Yeah, she's got acoustics. She's got she's got gravitas and. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is new, mm. but also not. Okay, so uh, yeah, there's this. There's a silence as your words echo around the chamber, and then 
this. <laughs> Foolish tiny creature, you shall become part of my greatness. And then, like, the, you suddenly become aware around the edge of this chamber, the walls of this chamber, what looked to be just kind of more brass fittings, um, reveals itself in a, in a sudden bristling of brass aperture and uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, fluffy. Fluffy, no, it's not fluffy, definitely mm. not that. Um construction and and artifice arms and bizarre looking tool things suddenly are sprouting from the wall and coming for you opal opal doesn't hesitate she she needs to get up to the the shadow on top of the crystal so as soon as the arms come out of the walls she starts using them as uh, beams and springboards and like yeah just as of acrobatically just leaping up always ascending just around the perimeter of the room uh, until she can get a good angle for a jump onto the top of the crystal so she can confront the thing within arm's reach All right. I think she has to be careful because I think that the, the room is again made of these brass panels uh, and, and they're quite shiny and slippery although you can probably get purchase on the rivets if you need yeah and and obviously as she's climbing all of these kind of arms and tools and things are trying to grab at her and and pull her down and it, like if this if this thing had a sort of um special boss attack it would be to uh just totally uh hold her down so that it can drill into her her brain with these kind of various unpleasant probing instruments, um, and and all the while the spiders are kind of coming at her as well. Are we supposed to do costs or something? Yeah, there's a sort of midway point where sort of Opal defeats like the first stage of the boss, and either wounds it or beats its first stage and get done. Yeah, it makes some sort of concrete step towards it. Um, and she pays a price to get there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then once she, conf- once she confronts the second stage, there'll be a second price to pay. Nice. All right. Excellent. Yeah, so so I guess this is the first stage then, the defeating of the various brass implements. Mm-hmm. The reaching of the shadow, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. So I, do I offer you a price? Yep. Each of you is going to offer me a price. All right. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so my price is uh, that she is she's caught by the arms and and held down, and the 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 nasty penetrating implements do go into her brain. And they do suck her her soul into the device. And she breaks free. 
and is physically able to carry on, but a part of her is forever locked inside this thing. Oof. Rough. In fact, I'm going to go a step further and say it's a particular like aspect of her personality, a, a particular emotion perhaps, or a particular role that she's played in her life is is, is personified and trapped in there. Okay. What's my other option? <laughs> uh, what is your other option? Um, hmm. I think I'm going to go for something a little more pedestrian than that. I think I'm going to say that you can only get through this first stage after a war of attrition with these things where you are hacking bits off them and they are hacking bits off you and so by the time you get through that you are very depleted in terms of your energy uh, you're covered in thousands and thousands of tiny cuts um, and you know losing a lot of blood and that sort of thing so I'm going to say there's kind of a, a, a very a very physical cost you can get through it but but not without losing a lot of your energy for the final fight mm, I like the physical cost for this one just because I like I like the idea of Opal finally arriving to confront the adversary just absolutely wrecked but still standing yeah. still standing knives still ready just staring at yeah. Covered in lacerations yeah. and dripping dripping blood and Yeah. Just bloodied but unbowed would be the, mm. cool. the phrase. Yeah. So there you go. She is physically depleted. Okay. What happens next? So and she progresses up like cl- climbing up towards the this this kind of bruise thing that's at the top right mm-hmm. so she's she makes it to the top and it's she's now pretty much standing on the sphere um with this this physical darkness beneath her feet and the darkness of the, the kind of the shadow it casts um above and around her and again, there's a kind of eyes adjusting to darkness thing going on. It's, it, it takes a while to kind of work out even what she's seeing anymore. Um, but there's time to, uh, to, to make that adjustment because the spiders are gone. They've all been hacked to pieces. The, the, the arms and the tools are, are gone. And she, what she sees is this kind of well of... of purplish darkness descending into the heart of the sphere in front of her like a like a pit Mm. she stares into it for a while and then jumps in and she's no longer in this chamber with the giant crystal um she's in the city as it 
as it was perhaps um, pristine with uh, people living, like walking around, living their lives, and she's in this gigantic um, arena. The circularity of it uh, mirroring the circularity of the chamber of the of uh, the crystal, um, surrounded by thousands of people all watching. Um, their mouths are bound with um, some sort of bandaging. They, they're unable to speak, but they're all watching. You can see how badly they want to see the outcome of what's about to happen as um, this hulking figure strides out into the chamber. Its face is the face of a wizened old man, but its body is like a fucking hulk um, covered in kind of purple striations and and, and blue blotches like it's a living bruise and it just looks like it's going to hammer you to pieces as it strides towards you with these big meaty fists raised and it says you should not have come here you have stepped into my domain and soon you will join these helpless others food for my strength <laughs> and she's she still got the the voice going on, still got that projection. Mm. And Opal just says, None of these others have had the training that I have had. None have the will, and none are standing in front of you right now with this knife. And she, she's, she's too knackered to kind of like stride towards him, so she just stands there and waits for this guy to come to her. Mm. She doesn't have to wait long. <laughs> Um, and I think the vibration of him moving towards her is like just jars her bones from the inside. Yeah, and then in the, if this was a computer game, you would feel like you control of vibration. Go, yeah, control of <laughs> vibrating as he walks towards you. Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, again, like his special attacks are all these kind of massive strength attacks that he's going to. Um, unleash against you, um, including hammering the ground with his fists to knock you off your feet. Yeah, now Opal is she's she's just too wrecked to really defend herself from most of it. Like she tries, yeah. She sees the attacks coming. She dodges as best she can. He sort of clips her here and there, and like, um, yeah, she she's getting worn down. He. And yeah, I, I have a plan for how I'd like to kill him, but I don't know if that, that's kind of stepping on your toes. So is it okay? Um, well, it could be if you're okay with me, sort of. How do we resolve this, Chris? In the rules, um, the rules go: she's going to win, but she is going to pay a second price to do so. Um. So it, I don't. So I guess. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it feels like the logical order is we give you the prices, you choose the price, and then you narrate how you how That's you end what it. I was going to say, basically. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Tell me what it's going to cost to kill this thing. Um, so I'm going to 
just double down on my previous. Um, <laughs> because now you're inside the thing, and although you feel like it's a physical battle you're fighting, and all of the damage that you've taken to your physical form has exhausted you and made you weak here as well as out there, actually what's going on is it's a psychic battle. And this thing is going to rip bits out of you and throw them away like pieces of rubbish. And this time it's not just one aspect of you I'm offering. It's going to be one after the other until all that's left is the most murderous, most ferocious aspect, the part that's most suited to killing this thing. I have a different price. Okay. Um, do you remember way back when you got bitten, I think, on the leg by yes. a spider? Yep. And you were given a black ointment in order to yeah. get yourself going. But I think that it was that, that you were not you were given that ointment, but not without a warning as to its use and provenance. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to say that the the black ointment reminds you suddenly. Am I allowed to say that it reminds you? Mm. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it has a bruise-like quality, which reminds you of the bruise-like qualities that you've been experiencing with this creature and that. That there are two things that are going to be going on, that that will allow you to feed off his strength for the duration of the battle, which will allow you to end it. Um, but when you finally destroy him, you will be destroying the thing that has kept your leg together, and your leg will basically actually explode. <laughs> <laughs> your choice, Chris. Um. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I'm going to go with Josh's one. I just love the idea of that. That um. Yeah, but as they fight, every every sort of hit Opal takes, it's, it's, a, it's a part of her, and she just starts discarding the bits that aren't relevant now. <laughs> and it's just piece by piece. And, uh, yeah, it, and this is, this is sort of like, as sort of bits of her memories disappear and these flashbacks and bits of herself go away, we sort of we also flash back to the things she's done since she's been here, like giving away the ring that she carried to Wormheart and losing her magic in the canal. Just ever since she got here almost, she's just been losing more and more of herself until all that is left is just the blade of her will to kill this thing and that's what she does in the end when when it just it takes away everything else but it can't take away her desire to see it dead and in the end it's just standing in front of her and she takes her knife and just jams it right into the thing's chest and as the blood sort of pours out over her hand and her arm we see her face which is just it's just expressionless murder 
And she pulls the knife out and steps out of the way as the thing falls down. And then the thing's body sort of fragments and fragments and fragments into thousands upon thousands of tiny spiders and each spider scuttles away and the the purplish bluishness starts to fade from each of them and all of the people in the audience rip off their their gags and then I guess she wakes up physically lying physically. on top of the, the crystal her, her lacerated and bruised body and her lacerated and bruised soul in one piece um, yes. atop, atop a now pristine white sphere Can I add something? Sure. If you look deep into the heart of the sphere, you can see snatches of the person she was that she has left behind. Oh, I like I like that as a final shot as we pull out like the surface of the sphere. You can see bits and pieces of Opal sort of doing things that she was, mm. and then we've got we sort of pull past that, and she's sort of just kind of lying on top of the sphere on her back. And her face is just the same expressionless murder face that she was wearing at the end of the psychic battle. (laughs) As the camera just pulls away from it and everything fades to black. And the second instalment of this computer game is where you have to hunt down people. <laughs> she's just totally going to be the baddie. baddie she's now she? exactly. <laughs> well, she's now the baddie. There's a there's a there's a bit still to go. <gasps> oh, yeah. sorry. That's fine. Um, is the epilogue? Uh, in the epilogue, hang on, I'm reading the description of it rather than the teaching guide thing. It's not his spell epilogue. Epilogue. Everything is almost over. We move on to the epilogue. First of all, we change roles for the last time, uh, where Becky is now the world, which makes Josh the Wanderer and me the chorus. Haha, uh, Josh. Yeah, I don't think you're playing Opal directly anymore at this point, um, but you get to make some decisions. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. The the Wanderer chooses whether they replace the adversary or move on and abandon the area. And then, based on that choice, the world will tell us how the area changes as a result. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, I reject the duality of that choice. Um, because I think that uh, we've already kind of got our answer, haven't we? Opal simultaneously leaves and stays behind. All of the parts of her that were measured and calm and thoughtful, including, by the way, uh, the part of her that understood magic that was had already been drawn into the network um, stay behind as part of this network of souls 
and the part of her that is a pure focused killer walks out of that place and travels on to the next where whoever stands in her way is just going to fucking die. Yep. Um, by, I think that probably counts as a sort of replacement. In that she becomes um, a baddie. When that, um, kinda, when you describe her replacing the previous adversary, you say one thing that she does the same as the adversary and one thing she does differently. Um, like, just as a general thing. I do. Like, yeah, you have the decision on that one. How does her sort of soul presence in this place perpetuate what the adversary did, and how does it how does it change it? Oh man, really? That's awful. <laughs> um, shit. I feel I feel like whatever I say that she's going to carry on doing the adversary did is going to be really really bad. Well, the adversary was a part of this place in a sense, like it fulfilled a role here. So maybe she continues filling that role. Maybe there is something it was doing. Okay, yeah, I I I think I've managed to come up with something that isn't dreadful, um, which is is nice because I was. Bit worried that we hadn't really changed anything at all. So she, it probably takes some time for her to realise this, but she is now occupying the, the kind of the heart of this network and controlling the various systems which she herself has physically smashed. But there's just enough of them left to try and rebuild um, those systems and get them working again on keeping the the crystal sphere from falling apart to repair those cracks and those holes and and sustain this place for the people whose whose souls are housed within so that's the thing that she does the same mm-hmm. um and the thing that she does differently is that the souls are freed to do to move around this network to live in this virtual representation of the city instead of being food for for her for her to grow and become more powerful which is what the adversary was doing okay and then the world tells us how the area changes as a result of that so I think that the metal, brass, mechanical spiders and other brass mechanical elements start to seize up and decay and corrode. Um, I think that the spiders running along the webs were really the kind of the jailers of the people inside the webs. They were responsible for bringing new souls into the network and ensuring they stayed there and without the adversary keeping them going. Um, they fall still and silent and corrode. And that the, the creatures, uh, the, the humans who had the brass, bits of brass inside them were also sort of 
um, automata of the adversary and they fall still as well. Um, I think without the without those physical manifestations of the adversary keeping the city from flourishing, that it very kind of people very slowly start to come back. And maybe over a very long period of time, the idea of the kind of the webs is this kind of soul network where you're ex that's where you go when you die. Like it's not like heaven, <laughs> but it's like an it's it's the it becomes an accepted part of the culture of the city that the web is uh, the afterlife of a sort. Mm. Neat. Uh -huh. And that's all there is. Uh, any loose ends remain loose. Any unanswered questions remain unanswered. And we fade to black on that. Cool. That was really good fun. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, I really you. enjoyed yeah. that. Really great. No, that was great. Really. It, it did feel like a computer game. You know, I mean, I've not played a lot of computer games. So I've played like a bit of Planescape Torment yeah. and stuff like that and Baldur's Gate and stuff and it, yeah it had kind of it did feel like it's heavily video uh, game inspired so it probably bleeds through um, no, that's a good thing isn't it that's like the genre emulation effect yeah. engine kicking off yeah yeah. to be honest I feel like it's it, it. some of the fun that I had with it was leaning into that and kind of yeah, me too. Sort of describing what I imagine someone playing the computer game of this story would would see. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to like stick a bit in the rules about like instead of like no internal monologue stuff, just sort of saying limit it to the things you would see in a cutscene, pretty much. Like, so we don't hear what the wanderer is thinking, but we sort of have a much clearer idea of their expression, their sort of modes of action that kind of thing you know what else sometimes happens in cutscenes in computer games like the ad the 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 protagonist will talk to themselves yeah it's but a bit difficult I, to pull I'm, off, I'm keep, keeping the dark souls angle like i don't think a protagonist ever speaks in dark souls really wow yeah you go and talk to people but they just monologue at you and then laugh creepily <laughs> <laughs> nice um I love Dark Souls. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think I think that went pretty well. That was great. Quite yeah, I thought it was really good. Really good. Um, yeah. And I don't think there's a lot that needs changing from a first playtest. I think that was pretty solid. Yeah, need some tweaks here and there, some like polishing up of things. But I wondered if the bit, like the set, the second to last scene where I effectively fucked up all of your conclusions was evidence that s something needs to constrain the world like I felt like I'd gone off yeah, on a little power it trip didn't really <laughs> no. it didn't really fuck my stuff up that much yeah, I, could like, that. I could have adapted it but I think because I mean the scene before that where I think Becky introduced some stuff about the webs and things didn't change my conclusions at all like that just slotted right into what I was doing oh, yeah. um, and it would have been straightforward enough for you to do the same thing. I said, well, not that you're doing intentionally, but it's just just the nature of the game. I had to like some. I mean, should we share our conclusions? By the way, um, I, I had to um, rewrite mine at one point, but it was a big one. Was it the one where I put the um, the the monsters in the river? No, I'm pretty no. I'm pretty certain someone had to rewrite. 
I got the impression that when I did that, somebody went, oh no, and went off to spend ages jumping to new conclusions. That was me. That might be me. Yeah, I know. It was the bit where she tripped over the... Well, she didn't trip over it, but she touched the web and got the (laughs) memories implanted. That just didn't make any sense with my previous conclusions and caused me to... What were you thinking up till then? So up until that point... There was an ancient god who was like a spider, but also a trickster, an architect, and an engineer who created all these abominations to serve it and wants to escape its prison. And like as we went through the game, it became kind of all of these yeah. various things: the spiders, the webs, and the yeah. and the, the pale creatures. Just were, were more of its stuff. And then suddenly we had this moment where she's got this memory implanted in her head. And it's like, oh, well, that didn't make any sense at all. And the memory kind of messed up my yeah. stuff as well. So then I just discarded the whole Spider God thing and came up with something new. Yeah. Well, what you came up with turned out to be the final ending. That's because the very next scene, I was the world. <laughs> so I was like, right then. <laughs> Yeah, well, because up until you were running the scene, I I had a similar thing, whereas the idea was that way back when the people of the city had built a god, and it was being fuelled by, like, the souls of people stuck in this web. Mm. And so the web was very much people, which is why, like, brushing into it kind of initially kind of sucked away her sort of divine magic, because it was all being funneled off to power the god, and then sort of she got a portion of the people trapped in it when she brushed up against it again. Um, mm. And I was, I was thinking, if if the if the big knot of light had been a feature scene, now I could have segued straight into the adversary from there by having this mechanical god show up. Um, so I had a god as well. <laughs> uh, mine was a dead god. Mine was a Genesis god. And its body was being kept in suspension in the clock tower um, because it could be used to kickstart a new reality. Mm. And that this city was built to imprison it because the people who originally lived around here didn't want a new reality kickstarted because that would be shit for them because then they would cease to exist. Mm. Um, And so the um, the spiders were its jailers. And that's why the brass... The corpses with the brass apparatus kind of screwed that up a bit for me. The brass spiders were jailers. Um, there was brass fish. That was fine. They were also jailers. Um, the webs were there to tell the spiders when it was stirring. And the magic negation of the webs was a magic negation of the powers of the Genesis god, or its body at any rate. Um, and the goop that healed her leg was part of its blood leaking out of the jail system. But yeah, it's just the, the downloaded memories and stuff didn't really kind of fit with that. I like I like the places where we sort of overlapped on ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the, the way the, the game's written sort of the setup is like at the end you're supposed to just kind of cut it off and not explain any further. But I've played other games where it says stuff like that, and that's never how it goes. No, everyone always sort of like stays quiet for a moment and goes, "Okay, so what, what do we think actually happened here? What happens next?" Let's go. 
My yeah. favourite bit of Lovecraft esque is when the game is over and everybody chats about what they thought, what their own leading conclusions yeah. were, because it's so much. In, that's that's the best bit of the game. Yeah, and I think because it's uh, like you, because you are not allowed to discuss it before that point. Mm. I think it would be just too frustrating if you didn't get to talk about it at the end. Never got to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Uh... And that is all there is. Um, I don't have an outro planned. Uh, uh, this is for me. Bleak, for me Bleak Spirit is now on Kickstarter. It will be at some point, assuming I get all my ducks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this this has been the League presents with me, Chris Longhurst, and my co-hosts. Uh, me, Becky Anderson. And me, Josh Fox. And who knows what we'll be playing next time, because we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Jay Isles here. We now know what our next arc will be. Tune in next week to start our journey into heart. Rowan Rook and Deckard's game of dungeon-crawling body horror and mystery. Look forward to it. Bye.